Welcome to the Open Fire Podcast, a light-hearted, informative show looking at fire safety. We are your hosts, Tom and Dave. You're listening to episode four of our 10-part mini-series, Tom and Dave Talk About Fire Doors. If you're listening to this, you found us somehow, but don't forget, we're also available on iTunes, YouTube, and at our ancestral home, openfirepodcast.com. So don't forget to like and subscribe, and indeed look at the previous episodes of this mini-series. Hello, David. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm all right. What have you been up to this week? Well, it's getting near Christmas, isn't it? So I've been doing my Christmas shopping, Tom. I was going to say, we're getting close. Did you enjoy the Gerda do? (laughs) (laughs) It was a riot. It's always good fun, isn't it? It is. Nice people. We like Gerda, don't we? We do. It's a really nice venue. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest competitor in the room laughs out loud. (laughs) (laughs) We should perhaps explain our guest this week is uh, Alfie Moon. <laughs> uh, we've got Alfie from Shellen Security <laughs> again um, to give us his take and we're discussing methods of meeting the requirements of fire doors this week. Awesome. I'm pretty sure there was someone else that was coming to this episode as well, Dave. Should we mention them? Who, <laughs> <laughs> Danny? It's our resident guest. Bummed <laughs> uh, Danny White, independent fire door consultant and friend of the show. He's appeared in a couple of different episodes now and he always has a good story for us. He's promised us a few jokes with his stories this week. Just to put <laughs> or, a little bit of or, pressure on him. And I believe he's written us a poem. <laughs> we'll look forward to that at the end of the episode, Dan. Fantastic. Do you want a pen? <laughs> <laughs> so guys, um, thank you very much for joining us again to talk about fire doors. We're going to try and uncover a little bit of the issues around the requirements of files specifically around assessing them and, and getting them tested. Not necessarily about the mechanics of testing, but the difference between global assessment and primary test evidence and not having them. What does it actually mean? Is it okay to accept existing provisions in certain circumstances? And things like what do upgrading a door actually achieve? So that's where we're going to try and go this episode. Um, I think a, a useful place to start, um, and Danny, you might be able to help us with this. So we, we throw around these terms of uh, global testing, third-party certification. And um, although I accept everybody in this room is probably comfortable with those terms, I think for the listener, it'd be very useful if you could break it down into the most simplistic five-year-old type jargon to identify exactly what we're saying. Danny, I don't know if you're capable of lowering your intellect to, to my level. <laughs> I thought it was raising it. <laughs> Stephen Hawking of Fire Doors. So can you kind of break it down for us a little bit? Yeah, but basically when you're looking at primary test evidence, it means the door manufacturer or door slab provider has actually gone out and physically burnt the product. So the door, the frame... The so they've built a door and then taken it somewhere and burnt it. Yes. But that's the whole set, right? That's everything. Could be with a fan light, with a side panel, locks, latches, glazing if required, letterboxes, door viewers, you name it. Okay. And, and that testing is done by somebody independent? Hopefully, yes. Um, it should be done at UCAS accredited test house. And the reason I say that was many, many years ago, I was at an exhibition. And there was a door company which became known as a shiny door company because their doors were very, very shiny. Imaginative. We like the fire industry. Yeah. And so you were looking at their doors and they had lots of pictures of where they had their doors tested. And the more you looked at it, you thought, this doesn't look right. And you had things like pigs and goats in the background. And you turn around to them. We like a goat on this episode. (laughs) We like goats on this series, don't we? And when you asked them, where did you get it tested? They said, Thailand. So did it pass? 
No, but we're calling it now an FD20. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any more analogies of the global testing and the sort of comparison? I just really, really want to make it simple for people that aren't in the FIDO Well, industry. to be fair, he hasn't actually told us what no. global means yet. He's told us what primary is. Okay, does it does global mean... Am I correct in my assumption that global testing means they take it off to Marbella and test it on a beach somewhere? Yeah, or, somewhere or more global. Maybe Florida, yeah, somewhere more global. No, is it has to correct? go around the world first and then... Come right, back. right. So it's a massive carbon footprint door. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. What does global actually mean? You've got two types of global assessments. You've got a global assessment where the door manufacturer's got primary test evidence. He may have done maybe five or six different tests and they're using his documentation from that fire test to include in other areas of other documents just to produce one document, but it's all based on the fact that door manufacturer A has had everything burnt and passed. Then you have a second type of global assessment, which is lots of products have been tested independently in their own right. Okay. But when you put them together, there's no guarantee that they've been tested in that configuration. They may have done, but there's no way of evidencing that. Okay. So this might be having extra side panels, perhaps, or having a door closer from company X and a viewer it, from company Y and a leaf from over there and but it's all been tested at some point just not together it can be a lot more basic than that um, in relation to a lot of doors don't have their doors tested with a letterbox right I see because again we're going back to the old adage the more holes you cut into a fire door the harder it is to pass so what they'll do is they'll test it without a letterbox and then try and get a globally assessed or somebody who's had a letterbox tested put in there so they can say yeah well if you use this type of letterbox then yeah. it should work but again there are problems with that because how do you know that that letterbox has been tested with that particular door and is it in fact gonna last yeah and that tees up quite a nice little comeback probably from a manufacturer in the room that's right we <laughs> <laughs> when we first started our research and development stage into fire door sets and away from any sort of assessments and, um, you know, use of other people's test evidence. We undertook a residential door set test with the use of a letterbox that had apparently been tested to BS476 in whatever configuration it had been. Um, when we tested that in our door set, installed under the manufacturer's guidance, the letterbox fell out in 14 minutes, I think it was. And obviously that's a... That's a huge mm. failure. But this is a door that you'd previously passed, or That's right. not, not you'd passed, but it had previously passed. That, that, that was one testing. of our ranges that had previously passed with yep. other letterboxes, and we were just widening our scope slightly. So what that does really, it puts a little bit of icing on the cake, really, because for a very, very long time, Danny has waxed lyrical about how if you use X from manufacturer over here and you use this from over there and put it all together, everyone says it's all okay, but I don't think it is. We all sort of smile at him and say, you know, just get him another beer, it'd be all right. Yep. But, but the reality is, of course, that it does actually affect the performance of the door, doesn't it? Yeah, because exactly you've tested right. it in a laboratory and something that has passed with another product that has passed, i.e. your leaf and your door set, has failed because... Yep of a globally assessed, what would effectively become a globally assessed product. That, that under a global assessment is quite quite likely that we could have used that, that yeah. product or we can use that product yeah. under a or global assessment. Or someone might have bought your door and then just cut a hole in it and then just decided to uh, to add it on. It, 
Sorry, Dave, you busy? Sorry, that was my phone ringing. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be at Sainsbury's at the moment. Oh, so, are you? Uh, that's her checking Get where some I am. jab. Yeah. That's the list. Yeah. And, and I'm really glad it happened at the point we're making a massive bombshell there <laughs> about proof yeah, that, that useful, global assessment. Okay. I mean, um, you know, that, let's, that, let's not tarnish the whole of global assessment in one, one sitting, but, you know, the people in this room are relatively against that sort of testing for you exactly so that reason. Careful. Yeah, and yeah. and something that's legit. It's a legitimate thing. You've installed a product that's passed into another set that's passed, and then you've gone and tested it, and it's failed. And it has failed. And it was. It's obviously installed under the manufacturer's instructions. And and with yeah. all due respect, it's going to be installed as best as it can possibly be, ready for a test. There's no field of application no, variation. Exactly right. It is to the money. Yeah. You know. Otherwise, it might fail. So, you know, manufacturers are going to be really keen to make sure it's installed properly. So it wasn't, a, you know, a bit of a hatchet job putting it together. It would have been a proper job, as good as it could be, to everyone's... Rec- and it failed. That's right. Can I be controversial? Go on, then. Not on this show, no. <laughs> <laughs> Please no, do. The only reason I say that is that a lot of the GRP composite doors, which we've heard a lot about recently, yeah. I have seen a lot of the test evidence for it right and a lot of the doors I've seen I'd say most of the test evidence the doors weren't tested with letterboxes in them right so you think that I mean that's going to be a contributing factor isn't it we, well we don't know because MHCLG hasn't released yeah. the failings but potentially yes I see what you mean I mean logically speaking it, I suppose as you say the more holes you put in the more likely it is to fail maybe global assessment is okay to an extent for certain sorts of configurations, but when you start cutting... I think that, that, that is a point is that a problem? worth making. I mean, we're talking about best, best practice. Mm. But, but wouldn't, sort of, wouldn't sort of you always it, want best practice? Yeah, but... I, I mean, well, Alfie, is it okay to accept existing provisions in certain situations? I mean... So you're talking about people who've got a, a globally assessed door or something of that nature. Yeah, are we saying that's got to come out and be put in a new certified third-party accredited door? Is that the answer? Is that the only in, in all cases? Yes. Or is that not a little bit? Um, you sound a bit like Danny when you speak, Alfie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, are um, we, yeah. Are no, we I, not I, being over stringent here? Is is this a knee jerk reaction um, to Grenfell? Suddenly, people are more interested in fire doors uh, yeah. as they are in fire safety generally in the last couple of years. Um, perhaps as they should have been before. Because of course, the Minister for Housing said that the risk to housing because of the problem was low. That's what he said. Right. I mean, we've got two experts in the room. Do you agree with that? Um, no, okay. I don't agree with that at all. So, I mean, how, so you disagree like... with what, 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 the, what the government are saying on that? Well, if... It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> bluntly, yeah. If there's proof out there, which there apparently now is, that door sets are not performing to the required standard, 30 minutes, then how can that not be... How can that be anything but, you know, dangerous to the public? I think also that we need to, you know, extend your invitation out to any lawyers out there, because where's the liability with all this? Because did those doors meet the building regulations? Who wrote the building regulations? Who's responsible for the building regulations? The government. So therefore, by them admitting it's a catastrophic failure, potentially is going to cause a nightmare for them. Certainly an interesting point. I definitely think we need to uh, get a solicitor in. Why not? I'm sure you'd love that, wouldn't you? Dave is rattling around on his headphones like nobody's business here. We're meant to be a professional outfit, Dave. It's time to stop the podcast, Tom. Stop oh. the podcast. You keep stopping the podcast, Dave, and I don't know why. It's why important that it? we remind our listeners that this series of Dave and Tom Talks Rap Fiders is officially sponsored by the creators of the MyQ Tag app. Oh, it wasn't sponsored by your Me Pocket this week then. That sounds interesting. What is the MyQ Tag app? MyQ Tag provides a user friendly cloud based system for contractors that carry out installation and maintenance services at multiple sites, Tom. 
That sounds good. Sounds great. Can it deliver improved efficiency and provide real-time reporting for your customers? Certainly bloody can. Mike Utag can store documents as be they FRAs, maintenance records, or compliance certificates against a specific building. <laughs> well, I'm stunned. So it probably enables fire door installers to report installation and provide photographic evidence. Sure does, Tom. Plus a QR code with an NFC tag can be provided for each area of works. So if I want to know more information, I guess I should just email sales at myqtag.com for further information, right? Darn right, that man. Shall we carry on with our podcast in our usual independent, informative and likely humorous manner? Well, no, because I said the uh, the I said the email wrong. It's sales at myqtag.co.uk, uh, actually. We're not but yes, do, we're not doing that again. We will continue. So last week, we gave our uh, fire safety, non-fire safety quiz to Alfie. We did. Uh, Alfie, you got um, a grand total of half a mark, which is... Uh, half me- as good like as me, mediocre I want to point that at best, out. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Danny, I think it's it's right that we give you a crack at the fire safety, non-fire safety quiz. Okay. Okay. Um, so you understand the rules. You've got 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you like to get your name up on our leaderboard. Currently, it's headed by uh, Thomas on one mark, which is frankly embarrassing. But it is twice as good as Alfie's score. Okay, so... You let me know when you're ready, Danny. I'm ready. Okay. And I'll start the timer. In Maine, in USA, it is illegal to bite your what? Hand. Landlord. In Shelter, Oklahoma, nude women are not allowed to do what? Horse ride. Gamble. It's illegal to shoot what from a moving trolley in New York? Trump. Rabbits. 25% of Americans believe what fictional character is real? Darth Vader. Sherlock Holmes. The most perjury is committed in what kind of court case? All of them. A contested divorce. Louis XVI, King of France, only took two recorded what in his lifetime? Baths. Baths is correct. Superb. Okay, you're level pegging (laughs) with Tom now. Roman men had to swear on what to testify? Their togas. Very nearly. I thought you were going to get that. They're testicles. <laughs> uh, last question. You've got to have a last With question. my Latin translation. <laughs> In Alabama, it is illegal to drive while what? Uh, singing. Blindfolded. <laughs> oh, close. Okay. But singing blindfolded. So I'm just going to just gonna top up, make sure there's no... We don't need a recount. Nope. That is one mark for Danny. And that makes you level pegging with Tom. Alfie has sunk down to third place on half a mark. <laughs> I just I just want to make the listeners realise that what just happened was the equivalent of stopping the music on your own child at their birthday during Pass the Parcel. <laughs> That's what just happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to create some tension for the uh, for the quiz. For the fire safety, non-fire safety. Well, I'm going to have another go next week, so let's see. We might let you have a go at the end of the series. <laughs> or maybe I'll have a go at the end of the series. I'll yeah. give you the questions. Well done. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening to Tom and Dave on the Open Fire podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and YouTube to make sure you don't miss the next instalment, exciting instalment of Tom and Dave Talk About Biodors next week. If you'd like to contact us or comment on anything you've heard in today's podcast, or if you'd like to be involved in future episodes, please go to our ancestral home, openfirepodcast.com, where you'll find contact details and email addresses. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Superb guest. Cue the sexy music. music.